Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Wayne St. Dennis of an organization called Ice Owls, where he's the president and manager. So, Wayne, tell me a little bit about your academic background. Well, basically, um, when I left high school, I, I um, lost my vision shortly after that. So my academic background didn't start to till my late 20s, where I um, took some courses at Ryerson in the uh, information technology field. And... Um, it was a year and a half straight course, and after that course, I was able to find work with um, CIBC Bank in their uh, computer center. Well, that's excellent. I spent 27 years at CIBC. Oh, very good. As a branch branch manager, and then into head office. Oh, very good. So having said that, somewhere along the line, you decided to play hockey, obviously a passion of yours. Yes. So did you play hockey when you were, your vision wasn't a problem? Yes, I grew up, I'm originally from Windsor, Ontario, and I grew up playing hockey probably since I was seven years old. And the last time I played competitively, I was 17. And that was the last year I played uh, when I was uh, had my full sight. And then uh, a year or so later, that's when I lost my vision. And I never played again until I found the Ice Owls back in, I guess it would have been, uh, this is my 25th year with the Ice Owls, so 1997. And that's when I started my um, my hockey career, I guess you'd say, back with the Toronto Ice Owls, which um, it was for me it was the ability to compete and play hockey again, and also you got to meet a lot of different people with vision problems and you know everyday experiences that you had. These people were feeling the same, so. It was great to play hockey again, but also it was exciting to meet people with uh, like similar experiences. So where where do you play, Wayne? Um, we play at Agent Court Arena over at um, the uh, on Shepherd Avenue East on Glen Watford Boulevard, and we play every Sunday from eleven fifteen to twelve fifteen. Okay, and, uh, so do you have more than one team? No, unfortunately, with, with the sport of blind hockey, you you know, in every city, if there's hockey available, you, you know, you, you try to play with that particular team. With the Toronto Isles, we're fortunate because we're in a big uh, city in Toronto, so we have more people with vision um you know, with uh, less vision that could play with the team. So 
you have a larger pool of blind people, vision impaired people, and also people outside of the GTA uh, come and play with us. We have people that come from Peterborough, Burlington. We actually have a couple of people that even come as far as uh, up in Collingwood. So we're the only we're the only game in town, as they say. So um, it's just exciting to get people back into the game of hockey if they've never played for a long time they get to play along with their their own peers and some people probably play maybe where they live but it's not the same when you're playing with say players and trying to play with a real puck uh, we use a adaptive puck which makes it easier for people to see it and it's um it's big enough for you know people with vision like myself to see it it has bearings in it, so when it moves around, it rattles on the ice, so you can hear it as well. So do you have the usual positions? Yeah, know. we have the reg- yep, absolutely. We have the same positions as uh, regular hockey, um, but we do have adaptive rules. So the biggest rule, as I mentioned, is the puck. The puck's – it's a metal puck. It's five inches – across in diameter and about an inch and three quarters thickness. And as mentioned, it has uh, ball bearings inside, so it rattles. Um, the other uh, difference from our game to say a regular hockey game, our nets are one foot shorter. So regulation nets are four feet high by six feet wide. Ours are three feet high by six feet high or six feet wide because um, the goalies in blind hockey, most of them are totally blind. So it gives them the ability to have a better chance of stopping the puck. Because if the nets were, if the nets were regulation, it'd be easy to shoot it high on the goalies all the time and you know, it, it wouldn't be fair. So it makes it fair for everybody, makes the game more competitive. Um, and the third adaptive rule is we call it a one-pass whistle. Um, So the referee has another uh, whistle in its hand, but it's like a a handheld whistle, so you press a button. And what happens when you're going into the offensive zone, you have to make one good pass before you could shoot on the net. And once you make that pass and the referee sees that that pass is good, he or she will press the handheld uh, one pass whistle and it makes a noise and everybody knows that there's been a good pass made and uh, the goalie's ready, the people in the defense zone is ready and the people that are trying to score, they know now that they can score. So for the most part, it's, it's all the same, but those rules are in place just to keep it a uh, competitive uh, sport. And it seems to work really well. Is it men only, Wayne? No, um, we uh, we have a number of women on our team, um, and uh, I guess we'd have maybe five women on our team, six women. Um, we don't all come out every week, but uh, we had three of them play this past weekend. Um, and there was one of the women on our team. She uh, she actually uh, made it uh, to the Canadian national team where they played in um, uh, Indiana this past weekend uh, for a, a 
three-game series against the U.S. flying hockey team, and the Canadian team beat them three games to zero. It's so exciting. It's very exciting. Like, like when I first started playing, we were just play, playing every Sunday amongst each other, and we used to play against sighted players. Um, and when I took over the team back in um, 2013, I tried to get more vision-impaired blind players out there, and if necessary, we'll have maybe one or two sighted players that help out, but for the most part, it's all vision-impaired blind hockey players, and the sport has come along so much. Um, we have a Every year we have a national, Canadian National Blind Hockey Tournament at the old Maple Leaf Gardens, the Mattamy Center, downtown on Pelican Street. And uh, there's over 120 players across Canada that come to that event. Um, they also have a, a Western tournament most years, besides the pandemic, which stopped everybody from doing everything. <laughs> um, but they're having that in, uh, out in Calgary uh, next month. Uh, 18th, 19th of uh, November. So players across Canada, some players in the U.S., and even some players uh, in Europe are going to come and compete. Um, so it's exciting. Uh, and usually in the summertime, we also have uh, hockey camps, which we had uh, this year. We had it in Halifax the long weekend in August. We had a Halif uh, hockey camp in Halifax where all the players got together and they, um, you know, they, it was five days of skating drills, shooting drills, um, competitive drills, and you got to play in scrimmages as well. So this makes your hockey skill and IQ get better. Um, and it, uh, for the game, it gets better as well. So it's exciting. There's also a lot of different youth programs across Canada. There's one in Toronto that uh, they play every Sunday and it's, blind youth that get together and play. So hopefully, as those kids get older, they'll join the Toronto Ice Owls, the adult team. So lots of exciting things going on. That is exciting. So I can see where you're going to be setting up other uh, clubs in other uh, provinces. Well, there's a number of them. Like, when I first started, I didn't really know of any other <coughs> clubs, but we're, we're probably the world's oldest and longest running hockey program. We started in 1972 and we're still going today. So we celebrated our 50th year this year. So wow. it's pretty, pretty awesome. There's a team in Montreal. They've been playing since the late seventies. I think they started in 78. Uh, and there's another, uh, they're called the uh, Les Boudes of Montreal, which we found out later that means owls. So this is the owls of Montreal and we're the owls of Toronto. <laughs> Um, and there's a team in Vancouver called the uh, Vancouver Eclipse, which uh, they have quite a few players there too. So those three cities have more players so they can basically have, you know, scrimmage games every week. But there's, a number, another, uh, uh, there's quite a few other cities that have programs, and they're just trying to get a lot of players, build up the, um, you know, every year trying to get more, people out and playing. So, um, so there's a lot, there's a lot going on across Canada and in the U S as well. And, um, in certain, uh, in certain places in, um, Europe, it's getting pretty big in Finland. They have, um, 
we have uh, quite a few players the, in Russia. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so it's, it's just, it's, it's going to become a world event soon. And they're hoping to have a big event in the next few years to promote it worldwide. So three years from today, Wayne, what's the sport going to look like? Well, uh, the people who are running uh, Canadian Blade Hockey and even myself, we hope that, you know, the next three to five years, hopefully three to four years, in 2026, there'll be some sort of a, uh, either a, uh, a, a Paralympic uh, like trial sport showcase, and then eventually it'll become a Olympic sport, like for the Paralympic Games. Or if that doesn't happen, it'll definitely be a, a world um, tournament where there'll be um, teams, uh, you know, across the world that hopefully will be able to be strong enough to compete at a tournament. So that's the hope and dream. Uh, for uh, the sport of white hockey. So, do you get any support from the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I think the the, the kids' uh, program sometimes do, but it's hard when you're an existing uh, <laughs> program. Back in the day, um, we used to get free ice time at the gardens. I wasn't playing back then, but I think in the 80s, they had mentioned some of the players that we have a couple of players that still play with us. And um, I guess Terrell Ballard was a big fan of uh, the Toronto Ice House, and he would give free ice time uh, to the team once in a while. So, but uh, we always look to get funding. Um, you know, it's hard sometimes, but we do raise money and have fundraisers. We had a big fundraiser this year in April. Um, uh, a few of the uh, players that live up that way. He did a fantastic job uh, doing the uh, fundraising part of it. And I organized all the players and transportation and that with some help from uh, uh, other players to get us down there and raise a, a lot of money for us and also for local charities in the area. So, you know, it's, it's good for the community and it's good for us to go there because it showcases the sport of boy hockey. And a lot of these communities, when they see us play, they they just can't believe it because everybody on the ice is vision impaired. And, and when you watch it, it's, it's pretty fast. So it's not like people are trying to find a puck in a corner. It's up and down the ice. Goalie's making great saves. Um, so it's, <laughs> I think people just get a kick and think it's exciting to watch. So how do people find out more information about ice hollows? Well, they can go... They can go to uh, our um, the uh, our website uh, icehouse.ca. I'm going to be working on changing that, but it's still up. But uh, um, you can uh, go to our Facebook page, Toronto Ice Owls, um, or you can uh, send an email to Toronto Ice Owls at gmail.com, and uh, I'll. Uh, I'll get that email and I'll uh, respond probably within uh, 24 hours. If anybody wants to know more about the ice owls or if you want to help sponsor us in any way or support us in any way, 
That would be awesome. I'm always looking for uh, support. Okay. Well, Wayne, you're passionate about what you do. You've grown a very successful organization. And I want to thank you for spending your time this afternoon to tell everybody what you're doing. Well, I appreciate it, Peter. And I am really happy we finally got uh, connected and uh, this worked out. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. Okay, take care.